Welcome to Co-Designed, a podcast looking at teaching, learning, and the student experience. Co-Designed is a podcast brought to you by the Center for Teaching and Learning on the Manchester campus of Southern New Hampshire University. For more information or with any questions, please contact ctl at snhu.edu. Today's original opening theme music is Chill Vibe, recorded and created by Madison Blazjowski, a sport management major from Old Weathersfield, Connecticut. This episode of Co-Design examines esports, what they are, their growth, and opportunities for students. It features co-host Amanda Goyette interviewing students Kaylee Ann Phillip, Michael Fertitta, Sean Lightbody, and SNHU professor Costas Karadagas. Hello everybody, my name is Amanda Goyette and I am the co-producer of this Co-Design podcast and today we're doing an episode on eSports. I'm here with some students and professors today. Please introduce yourselves. Hi everyone, my name is Kaylee Phillip. I'm a communications student with a minor in esports. I currently have an internship with the NECC, which is the largest national esports conference collegiate league, you could kind of call it. I also just love esports in general. I work in the school's esports arena, and I'm a Valorant coster. I'm Sean Lightbody. So I played on the Valorant team last year. Uh, I've since retired and started moving towards event planning and hosting. So this year I'll be hosting Granite State Grind, which is our monthly uh, Super Smash Brothers tournament that usually takes place in the upper dining hall here on campus. Uh, my name is Michael Fertitta. I'm a communications major with a minor in esports, and I am one of the broadcast producers in the esports arena. I've been on the production team for the past two years and have loved every minute of it. I am Professor Costas Karadakis. I am the coordinator for the esport minor and curriculum development here for esport, and I'm part of the sport management department. Welcome, everyone. I want to start this podcast off by asking, what is esports? I think everyone has a different definition for esports. You know, when you look at it, different industries, different people, even where you are in esports kind of leads you to a different definition of what esports is. But I would say the general consensus of esports would just be electronic sports played online, normally competitively. It's highly organized. It's a competitive form of video gameplay. It's played either individually or in a team, and either against individuals or against other teams. There's a wide range of titles that you can compete in, so it's highly diverse, and it just encompasses a lot. A lot of people like to join it because of that. Please tell me how you can get involved with esports on campus. What kinds of classes run here? Anything else that would help explain esports better on campus? When I first came to the school, during the uh, tours of the school, we get to tour the esports arena, and that's when I learned that the school had an esports team. And uh, they host tryouts over the summers or like in between semesters to fill in the gaps of people who graduate or people who no longer want to play or just looking for new players to fill in their rosters. So there are five games at, at um, Southern New Hampshire University, which are Valorant, Super Smash Brothers, Rocket League, League of Legends, and Overwatch. And um, just to get into any of these games, usually people have like some sort of competitive drive in them that like they really want to take to the next level, and that's exactly what I had. I really wanted to prove myself last year. So uh, I ended up joining the Valorant team. I tried out, competed in like multiple tournaments online where we just played here at school, and then others where we like drove out. Like I went to Worcester, Worcester, Massachusetts last year and played in the tournament there. I went to New York, 
I went to Texas. You can do it from like the comfort of your home, or you could do it actually traveling and flying out to all these cool places. Another side of it, if you're not so much looking at competitive, is now the recreational club esports that we have worked so hard over the summer to come up with. So I personally do not play esports professionally. I barely know how to pick up a mouse. Honestly, the only reason why I pick up a mouse is so people don't throw it at me. Um, but Club Esports is a platform now for people to come and join if you're just interested in what esports is. You don't have to be good. Literally zero skill involved. If you have a passion for esports, if you want to know what it is, if you're just looking to make new friends, that's what Club Esports is here for. Yesterday at the involvement fair, we had an amazing turnout. We got 50 signups in three hours, which I think is amazing. I'm super excited for this, you know, we're going to try to incorporate our online community as well because esports, the beauty of it is it, it is online, you know, you can play it anywhere, you can use any device you have, it doesn't even have to be a competitive game at this point. People just like esports for the community and that's something I'm hoping to encourage within the esports club. That's awesome. Professor Costas, I want to talk to you a little bit about what kinds of classes we have here on campus. Uh, the core is an intro to eSport. Kaylee is in it right now. Mike took it last year. He took pretty much all the eSport classes with me last year. So we start off with an intro to eSport, then we move into streaming and marketing in eSport, and then the last kind of core piece for the minor is issues in eSport. Trying to work on the title because a lot of students don't, I think, get afraid of the title, it being kind of issues, legal, ethical, social issues in eSports. So trying to figure out how to kind of increase awareness and interest in taking that class. Uh, that's the kind of three cores, and then we built in also an internship and a practicum so that you get that hands-on experience. Tim Fowler and Sutan, the directors and managers of our eSport Arena, they're very supportive of the program, so we, it's very good because a lot of the students just kind of transition and are able to get that hands-on experience. And then we have a handful of other classes, electives that students can take, some of the things I try to steer students into is public speaking. Uh, um, what's the other one I tell people, especially if they want to get into the st streaming side? Improv and sales, uh, because when you're kind of thinking of what goes into the streaming side of it and the marketing side of it, a lot of what happens in eSport is live and organic, so you're trying to build those parasocial relationships with your audience. You need to be able to quit think quickly on your feet, be witty, be funny, be charismatic, kind of bring those people in and then keep their attention. What's the best experience you've had with esports on campus or in general? I would say very easily playing with the team last semester. So we qualified uh, to a LAN tournament in New York, which means that we traveled out and played in person. For winning that event in New York, we qualified for a second event in Texas, which we flew out to. It, it was like a, honestly like a month or two like gap between the two events, maybe even a couple weeks, where like all I was doing was hanging out with some of my closest friends on campus and just tra like traveling like halfway across the country and just like experiencing a whole new way of life. Like I've I've never been to Texas before, let alone with like so many friends of mine. So it was just it was like an absolute blast and like I got to play against some of the other people in um, collegiate that year. And I got to like meet up, meet up with them in person. Like um, the people at Converse University, they're all like extremely, extremely kind people. Um, Fisher College, who I would say are kind of our rivals, at least during the NECC season. Even some of my other like friends and teammates got to meet up with people that they have known for years. Uh, roommate Mike, he met up with some of his friends from Boise State on the Overwatch team, and they had like a really good connection. And it was just kind of surreal to be there because like the stage was huge, you know. 
it, it's so weird to see like you usually just see like screens where um you have either like their profile picture or just like a random tag that they use to call themselves online and it's so weird being able to see a room full of over 500 people that like you've just casually seen just every here and there that discovery of esports i think is what has had the most positive impact on me because prior to college and even during freshman year of college i just had never heard of esports i always tell people if you ask me about esports prior to coming to SNHU, I would have just been like, what a concept. Competitive video games, I never would have considered the idea in the first place. But after hearing about the pitch for the esports arena pre-COVID, because the arena was supposed to open in 2020, but I think we all know what happened then, I immediately was drawn to that because growing up, I just played video games and I just didn't think much of it. I figured it was just one of my basic human rights to enjoy playing Nintendo games, and that was about it. But hearing that there can be a dedicated space to not only playing games with other people, but also competing for cash prizes, it was just completely an alien concept to me. And being able to work in the esports department in the content team, that was that has also just been an unreal experience that I almost guarantee you can't really find in many other places, uh, especially in New England, because I think SNHU has really been one of the few schools that have really set the bar high for collegiate esports, just in production quality and like the quality of the community. Like I find myself talking to a lot of the regulars in the esports arena, and we, I think we've really cultivated a very welcoming and inclusive space. Not only just like in New England, so coming from Malaysia, esports is not a thing. You know, there's that whole Asian stereotype, and I can tell you it's actually really true where parents are like, you are never going to make a future by playing video games. For those of you that know communications, it is a vast field. You could go into virtually anything within communications, but because of that, many students feel lost. You know, they don't know what they want to go into, and that's kind of what I was. I was leaning towards public relations, but I never really had experience in the field. I hadn't taken a class. It was more just what I'd heard, and so I was like, okay, maybe I can check it out. But last year, when I got hired by the eSports Arena and I kind of started looking into it more, I was like, this is an industry that is actually really interesting, something I might want to use my major in. So after taking the classes with Professor Costas and kind of seeing what goes into everything, kind of made me think that this is something I could do. And it really gave me direction and purpose here at school. So starting up an eSports club, getting an eSports internship, taking all my eSports minor classes and making sure people know what eSports is, it's kind of shown me that that's kind of what I want to do to leave my mark here at school. And it's just been an overall positive and overwhelming experience just because of how nice the community and everyone is. Going off of that, can someone go professional in eSports and how many different aspects of eSports are there? Very quick answer, yes, you can become a professional. How you define that? you can go a hundred different routes, right? You can consider yourself a professional at the collegiate level not being paid for it. You know, if you look at traditional sport, you're usually considered a pro when you get paid. Well, what does that mean, right? Is it when I become a streamer, even though I'm a competitive player, but I make a dollar from one of my streams, does that make me a pro now, right? So it's kind of thinking about that kind of question. If you look at the level that the collegiate players are playing at now, it's only gonna keep getting better. Now the pros are also jumping up at a higher skill level where if you kind of start looking at the research and how quickly uh, these individuals are processing information, making decisions, so just from the skill gameplay, it's almost like baseball where you're not supposed to be able to hit a fastball, but they do, 
Well, think about someone playing League of Legends that is processing 150 plus characters, four skill sets, cooldowns, buffs, nerfs, like all this different stuff coming all at once. So there's that level. Then if you're kind of looking at other ways to get involved, the content creation, the streaming, the tutorials, being a team manager. So again, you can pull a lot of the roles from traditional sport, but also things that come from communications. And it's just so many different facets that blend in together. Marketing has also just been a steadily growing niche within, well, not niche, but a subset of esports because it's, marketing is almost a universal concept, but with esports, you would think, oh, it's so far removed from traditional sports like football or soccer or baseball. But in reality, the marketing skills that you would need to internalize for traditional sports, for the most part, can carry over into esports. When there's a big moment that gets the crowd really excited, someone wipes out the enemy team in Valorant, for example. Clipping that moment and putting it on social media Social media marketing is basically synonymous with marketing in the 21st century, and a lot of those skills can carry over. Uh, we've seen networks like ESPN even cover esports and for a while hosted esports broadcasts on their channels because they see the value and the way that esports isn't too far removed where a lot of skills are shared in common. I feel like People don't realize how similar esports can be to traditional sports when you look at it, especially from a marketing perspective. When you think about traditional sports, is esports a spectator sport? Is is there a lot of spectators? And if you're playing or broadcasting, how does that make you feel when you're in that moment? As someone that's not a player, I can say that definitely esports is a large spectator sport. Um, I would say the only barrier to entry when coming to esports is understanding like the slight fundamentals of the game but coming into any sport how are you going to watch basketball if you don't understand you know like what is like how do you score a point like, I don't understand anything about basketball so that was probably a really bad example but if when you're looking at an esport like for example I enjoy watching League of Legends and Valorant I don't play them that often but I play them enough to have a basic understanding of the game so when I see people do things, I can kind of understand and keep up, and in that way, it's something that's enjoying, like, it brings me enjoyment to watch, and it's exciting to see, just because I understand it. So that's definitely the slight barrier to entry when it comes to spectating. Apart from that, almost anyone can watch it. There's certainly some games that are way easier to watch than others, like true spectator esports, I'd say, or like Rocket League. Rocket League is a really, really easy one to get the concept of. It's basically just car soccer. It's, a, it's like it's fun to watch, you know, like you see all these cars with like they like fly around with their little like jet engines and they try and just score goals into the other person's net. Um, I'd say as far as like some of the other um, genres that there are, like first person shooter games, I'd say Counter-Strike is probably like the most clear cut. You just follow it like there's attackers and defenders and there's no like special abilities. It's just like you have a flash grenade, you have a smoke grenade, you have an incendiary grenade and then like a, an explosive grenade. And that's pretty much as far as it goes, and you just watch uh, two teams of five go at it for first to 16 rounds. There's some that are really, really easy to get into, like those two games, and then I would say like a game like Overwatch, which is extremely fun. It's just a lot harder to watch because there are a lot, there are a ton of different characters, and they all do different things, and some of them like look very different than others, and abilities ma matter a lot. So it's it's kind of about how into whatever game you're watching, like. 
Some you just need a little bit more experience than others to get into, but it is definitely like welcome to everybody. Yeah, that, what they're saying, yeah. That learning curve, if you are not familiar with a game, can be a bit of a deterrent uh, because it does move fast. So some of those more complex games, as Kaylee said, you want that basic knowledge of what's happening so that you can follow because, I mean, it's very instant uh, how quickly the pace of play is. I would go as far as to ask the rhetorical question of if you can't, if you're watching something like Counter Strike and you don't quite understand what's happening and like you're not familiar with the rules, is that really that much different from watching football and not understanding the ins and outs of the game? Every single competitive activity has its own set of rules, guidelines, and regulations that spectators generally need to understand in order to enjoy watching the sport. And I think that's where a lot of people like to dock points for esports, where it's just, oh, there's so much happening on screen, I have no idea what's going on. And I've heard that from even my own parents being like, oh, what's happening? But, you know, I watch football and I'm just like, okay, they throw the football, but what are all these, you know, numbers on the field? You know, what's a second down? There, there's just a lot of jargon for each sport that spectators need to understand. And I think it's really not that far off from traditional sports in that sense. I think that was a pretty good comparison there. Before we end the podcast today, where can students go to find the eSports club? How can they get involved with the team? Please enlighten us. There are a lot of ways you can get involved in eSports just here at SNHU. One of the opportunities that SNHU offers you as a new student is the opportunity to tour the eSports arena, which is located at the back end of the Green Center, even before you start school. And when you go into the arena, one of the things you learn is that this arena is open to everyone. A lot of people, they're under the misconception that, oh, this arena is only for people that actually have skill, actually know how to play. But no, we make it very clear to everyone that there is absolutely zero barrier to entry. All you need to do is be a student and you can come in. If you have a friend who's not a student but it's interested, we're always like inviting you to bring your friends, show them around, because this is an open and inviting space that we want everyone to know about. And if you still feel, you know, kind of intimidated by it, that's what the club is here for. So as with all other clubs, you have the involvement fair to learn about it. You can go online to the MySNHU website just to see, like, the list of clubs that we offer. You can talk to people. If you're interested in it academically, you can take the minor with Professor Costas. It's something you can talk to your academic advisor about. Um, I don't think I'm missing much. Do you guys think of anything? I would say as far as if you wanted to get a job on campus, we do offer jobs in the esports arena, like Mike here is one of our um, stream technicians. I do the event hosting and planning now. Um, there are also casting jobs where like you are now the announcer for the game or... Um, the host. Yeah, exactly. Or um, like arena technicians who keep the, the games on the computers updated. There's a lot of different ways that you can get involved. The only thing I would add, again, in those <coughs> classes in the minor, you get a tour of the arena if you take the class if you didn't do it when you were a prospective student and then they actually do have open hours so any student can go in just kind of sign up with their student ID card and then they get access to it and someone will walk them through so to make sure they know what they're doing. Also great information. I want to thank you all for being here today on this co-design podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Thank, thank you. you for having us.